0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Rich, and this is episode two for Thursday, July 16th. Um, I was waiting for some intro music. I guess the system is fucked up tonight. I got no intro music. Sorry for the dead air. But in any event, right off the bat, we're going to jump right into UFC 100. Obviously, the biggest pay-per-view it's The biggest MMA event personally that I feel in history, other than UFC 1, of course. Um, Going down the card, we can start off basically talking about Michael Bisping and Dan Henderson. Uh, Before I even talk about the outcome of the fight, there was a lot of trash talking leading up to the fight as both of the guys were coaches on the Ultimate Fighter this season, Team U.S. versus U.K. I like Bisping personally. I think he's a cool dude yeah he talks a lot of shit, but you know what? He's a younger guy, so that that's his that's his style. It motivated his guys, and you know what? They took the season. Dan Henderson, the coach for team USA, like I said before, he's a legend. I don't want to dispute that. The only problem is it the problem is to me that he's kind of one dimensional, I guess, not in terms of his fighting style, but in terms of his personality. I feel he is boring. You know, like, I watched the show on Fast Forward just to watch the fights because, you know, he didn't provide any, any dynamic or, you know, any kryptonite to Bisping. Like, he didn't talk any good game. He didn't really shit on him. It was just, you know, I'm going to coach the guys. They're going to fight. We're going to win or lose, and it, keep it moving. With that out of the way, pretty much their fight ended in the most unexpected fashion. Round one, you know, a lot of little moving around, a uh, little trading back and forth. Round two comes, a couple of inside leg kicks by Bisping. Uh, Henderson, you know, he threw a couple rights. He threw a knee to the body. He rushed in. And, you know, before the round two started, Bisping was instructed by his corner avoid the right hand, whatever you do. Don't circle to your right. Don't circle to your right. He kept circling to the right. Guess what happened? He got knocked the fuck out. That's what happened. Clean his clock. To quote Joe Rogan, he got separated from his consciousness, and for good measure, Henderson dropped the forearm to his face. And after the fight was over in the post-fight interview, Henderson said that he dropped the forearm knowing that he was knocked out because he wanted to shut his mouth and prove a point. This will lead me to another part of the discussion in a few minutes. Uh, Next big uh, main event on there was uh, Diago Alves and George Rush St. Pierre. They were fighting for the welterweight title. Uh, Awesome fight, top to bottom. They went five rounds, but GSP just dominant. He came in just throwing good hands, stuffing a lot of takedowns, doing a lot of takedowns. I think he took, I think he might have had maybe eight or nine takedowns. I could be a little off, but... The crazy thing that happened was that, in the third round, George St. Pierre told his corner that he tore his groin or he hurt his groin. Now, Greg Jackson delivered the line of the night. He's like, "Your groin, don't worry about it. If anything hit him with your groin, I was done. I was like, "Holy shit. This guy just basically told his fighter to hit him with the gro- hit him with his groin. And, you know, it showed a lot of balls by St. Pierre to continue both rounds, you know, not knowing the severity of his injury just because, you know, that shit's got to (laughs) hurt. That's all I got to say. But um, he ended up taking the decision. You know, it was a unanimous decision. Cars ruled it 50-45, 50-44, and 50-45. And George St. Pierre took it. His post-fight interview, I kind of felt bad for him because Rogan was – you know, talking to him about the fight, and you could just tell he was in excruciating pain, and, you know, he, was, he said, you know, he went in there, he kind of stuck to his game plan, he hurt his groin in the third round, and, you know, he just limped out of there, and the guy just, the guy showed that there was, you know, a lot of class to his style, you know, he came in, you know, real humble, he fought the guy, he acknowledged that the guy was tough, and he delivered a fantastic fight, one of the things that people are saying is that, you know, does this lead to George St. Pierre fighting Anderson Silva for a uh, super fight? And, you know, he was saying that he's at around 184, you know, and he might need some time to bulk up if he's going to take it. Um, before I go into the, the the big main event, I just want to say that George St. Pierre is a fantastic fighter. Um, right now, they're saying that, um, you know, he's going to take a little time off, but I think that he should go up just just to test himself, you know, just like Anderson Silva's been going up to light heavyweight, you know. There's You, you know, you reach that, that echelon, that upper echelon where, you know, you kind of clean out a division. And it's like, you know, uh, not to dis, disrespect any other guys, but look, if you haven't really earned it, you know, and they just want to give out title shots, you know, it, it becomes really boring and nobody's going to want to order the stuff. But nonetheless, I think a fight with Anderson Silva definitely maybe for the UFC event during the Super Bowl would be fantastic. I would definitely want to check it out. And, of course, can't forget this, Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir. Pretty much the way it went down is, you know, without going into too much detail, for those of you that didn't know, uh, Frank Mir gave Brock Lesnar his first loss. Brock Lesnar, of course, You know, very competitive, very angry about losing. He was a sore loser, so to speak. You know, both guys came in. They had a lot to prove. Bell rang. Lesnar comes in, charging like a bull, hits the ground, just, you know, short punches, short punches. Frank Mir started bleeding. Boom. Round one, over. And round two starts. Lesnar again with the takedown. You know, they start pressing forward. And, you know, Lesnar gets half guard. And just short, heavy punches, just, just bashing his face in. So, you know, okay, boom, round, fight's over. Ref stops it. Brock Lesnar goes fucking full-on WWE, and he's like, I told you, I fucking told you, I'll kill you, blah, blah, blah. You know, complaining and shit. Not complaining, but just, like, talking shit to Frank Mayer. And, you know, you can, you can say that he got emotional, blah, 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 but before I get into the rest of his post-fight promo, I think that, you know, at the start of the fight, they didn't touch gloves, so you knew it was going to end with him just talking shit. You knew it was going to go down that route. If anybody didn't think that Brock Lesnar was going to tell Frank Mir that he was a bitch, you're mistaken. You know, a lot of people online, oh, you know, that was on sports was like blah, blah, blah. But look, Brock Lesnar's there to play a character. He's, he's there to play the bad guy. And, you know, I got a couple people, you know, saying that he's a douche, and, and it's true, don't get me wrong, initially I took it as such that he was a douche for doing what he did, but it's it's in his nature, you know, it's, it's what he was bred to do in wrestling, you know, wrestling kind of made him that way, and, you know, he just amped it up a little bit, you know, the only thing that fucked it up personally, you know, he's giving the fans the bird, which, whatever, you know, Nick and Nate Diaz do that shit all the time, so... The shit that that got me was in his post-fight promo, not interview, in his promo, he was talking about how he's going to go home, drink a Coors Light, not a Bud Light because they don't pay him enough, and he was going to go home and lay and pray on top of his wife. As cool as it was, why are you shitting on a major sponsor? I mean, the UFC, you know, they're trying to become mainstream, you know, and it's cool that they got Bud Light, that they're starting to get good, you know, sponsors versus, you know, uh, Mikey's Malt Liquor or whatever the fuck was sp- was sponsoring them back then. You know, it's a, it's a huge step for them. And here he goes, oh, yeah, fuck Bud Light. Bro. It's like, dude, you know, the sponsors pay the organization to promote their product. The organization then pays you. Plus, the fans pay you. So, you know, you got to kind of tone it down a little bit. You got to know when to switch the WWE shit off. Not that, you know, it's not a bad thing. But just, you know, the time and a place for everything. Don't shit on the sponsors. You know, other than that, I think that the fight and the card and the pay-per-view as a whole was definitely fantastic. There was, you know, it was worth my money, put it that way. I kind of expected, you know, the fight with Lesnar and Mir to go a little longer, but, you know, what can you do? Lesnar came in, he fucking pounded him out and ended the fight, you know. And the next day, you know... Uh, Yahoo, ESPN, everybody going fucking bananas.
0: Oh, Brock Lesnar, blah, 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 unsportsmanlike,
1: not unsportsmanlike, blah, blah, blah. Just, just, you know, the usual mainstream press that, you know, good and bad, you know, looks good for the UFC. Uh, Dana White actually later on in an interview said that, you know, he, uh, he spoke to Brock Lesnar and, you know, they showed the, um, post-fight press conference. Brock Lesnar was humble. He actually sat through the whole interview and, you know, he had a can of Bud Light with him, you know, which was a nice touch. You, you know that that was Dana White telling him, dude, go out there with a fucking Bud Light. Please, you know, don't piss these guys off anymore. And I think that in the end, his um, apology and his explanation... But yeah, you know, I'm more than sure Dana White got in that ass and told him, look, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is fucked up, because he said it. He's like, you know, I can't tell you what I said because it's, you know, not cool. But I'm, a, I'm assuming it involved a lot of F-bombs and a lot of, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? You got to fucking slow down. You know, typical Dana White stuff, which I respect and admire him for. And, you know, Brock Lesnar, whether his apology was sincere or not, he came out and he humbled himself. He's like, look, you know, I got caught up in the moment. We had a lot of beef. And, you know, I'm sorry. Now, you know, love him or hate him, I think he's a phenomenal athlete. You know, me personally, I met him. He was a douche. You know, I said that before. But in terms of just a pure athlete, just a monster, he is, you know, he, right now he's at the top, of the top of his game, you know, which leaves a couple of possibilities. Right now they're saying that the winner of Shane Carwin versus Cain Velasquez is going to challenge Brock Lesnar. Uh, uh, Carwin actually put up a blog. He was upset, you know, Brock Lesnar's unsportsmanlike conduct. He feels, you know, that he should, you know, he should, you know, appreciate the fans and, you know, not shit on the sponsors. You know, he kind of, you know, kind of preached a little bit, but I understood where he was coming from because, you know, he's one of the guys that's grateful to where he's at. But, you know, Brock Lesnar, he's kind of already made his money from wrestling. He's made his money, whether he pissed it away or not. So, you know, the UFC is just more money and an excuse for him to fuck people up. Now, I think out of Velasquez and Carwin, both those guys, they bring, you know, different things to the table. In terms of size and brute strength, I think Carwin has the advantage to go toe-to-toe with Lesnar. Other than that, you know, Velasquez, he's got, you know, good jiu-jitsu. He, he could, you know, he could come in there and pull a Frank Mir too, so... Either one of those guys, I feel, are you know definitely not something that Brock Lesnar should look past. Because of course, the big money fight is going to be between him and, and Fedor. You know that's what everybody wants to see. And you know I th- I think Fedor could probably take him. You because know, Fedor he he he's intelligent on the top of the fact that he's just a machine. He's an intelligent dude. You know and he he maps the fights out probably in his head. So either way, I think Fedor is you know where it has to be. Of course, I turned on my computer this morning and I hear that Bobby Lashley, another former WWE wrestler, also a great amateur wrestler that also wrestled for the U.S. Armed Forces, uh, he signed recently with TNA. But on top of that, he said he wants to continue fighting in MMA and at some point feels that he could defeat Brock Lesnar. I mean, you know, take it for what it's worth. I think Bobby Lashley needs to fight a little bit more established competition. I mean, yeah, he, he, he beat the shit out of Bob Sapp. That's great. But, you know, to take a page out of Dana White's book, what he should have done was gone on the UFC uh, Ultimate Fighter for this season, which is heavyweights, which Kimball Slices is on there, Rashad and um, Rampage are coaching. I mean, if you really want to go in there and you want to make a name for yourself and you want to prove yourself, you, go on there. Because, you know, they're not going to hand it to you. They're not going to just say, oh, you know, you're pretty good, too. You're the uh, you're Black Brock Lesnar, as they call him on the internet. You know, we'll just let you walk on in and, and fight him for the belt. I think personally that, you know, he should have tried out for the show. He talks all this shit because, you know, he wants to get his name out there. And I like Lashley, too. I do. But it's like, dude, you should have gone on The Ultimate Fighter and earned your way in there. That's the best way. That way, you know, you earn your way in there. You fight a couple of guys in the UFC and boom. You fight Brock Lesnar, whether for a belt or not, and everybody's happy. Wrestling fans are happy. UFC fans are happy. Before I move into the big beef between Dana White and EA Sports, feel free to call in 347 324 3541. Since I fucking rambled on for 15 minutes and didn't give the number out again, feel free to call in 347 324 3541. Share your thoughts on UFC 100. Uh, agree or disagree with my views and, you know, just call in. Let me know what you're thinking. Now, EA Sports, of course, they jump on the bandwagon of everything. And they go and they decide, we're going to put out an MMA game. Okay. I personally thought that's pretty cool, whatever. And when I found out they were doing an MMA game, the UFC game dropped. Okay. Okay. That's fine. You know, I started looking at it like Madden and NFL 2K. Okay, two companies, you know, they got their product out there. That's cool. Then, you know, Dana White puts out, you know, kind of a, uh, he kind of throws the dice on the table in the sense that he goes, any fighter that fights or appears in the EA game is done with the UFC, done. So, you know, I read it at first, and I was like, wow, that's kind of a dickish move. You know, I mean, competition creates original ideas. That's how I felt. I mean, one of the reasons why I don't play Madden anymore is because they don't really do a lot of new shit every year. Yeah, they update the graphics. Yeah, they make it pretty. But you're not wowing me. You know, I'm paying I'm paying $60 for Roster Update 2010. That's what I'm fucking doing. So I have not and refuse for the time being to buy any Madden games unless they do something seriously insane with that out of the way you know i felt like i was saying that dana white you know he was kind of being a little a little dickish in terms of his approach then i've come to find out that dana white said that he went to ea sports initially and told them hey you know we got we want to put out this uh this mma game and, you know, we really would like to work with you guys, blah, blah, blah. EA responded, well, uh, the legitimacy of this, whether it's true or not. I mean, Dana White said it. You know, I, I am going just stat- strictly on what he said. You know, Dana White said, hey, um, you know, we want to put out this game with you guys. You guys are the shit. You want to help us out. EA turns around and goes, hey, guess what? Your, uh, your sport sucks, and it's not even a real sport. And we're not gonna do anything for you. So go fuck yourselves was you know, in plain English what EA said. So hearing that, I can understand Dana White being pissed off because he's like, Look, man, you got the balls to tell me that what I've sacrificed and bled for with these what these guys built from the ground up isn't a real sport and you know, we don't give a fuck about you pretty much. You know, if, it's, if that's the way it went down, then EA is fucked up. And I can understand Dana White being upset because, you know, it's like you guys could have been the first ones to put the shit out. And, you know, EA, not the UFC Undisputed 2009, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's got its little nuances, but it's awesome. But I think that, you know, EA should have, should have taken the ball and ran with it, you know, instead of wanting to be politically correct and shit or, you know, pulling the underhanded shit of, oh, we're going to put out our own MMA game with, you know, Fedor and all the guys that are unlicensed. I think even Randy Couture might be in that category, but I'm more than sure Dana White will make exceptions for certain guys. But, you know, it's fucking insane that they take it to this level of, you know, you're going to shit on a whole sport and then turn around and do that. If that's what EA really did, it's really, really, really fucked up. And, you know... I can't even beat a dead horse any further because, you know, I'm kind of annoyed just because maybe EA might have put out an even better game. Maybe EA would have been able to put in more fighters. Who knows, but, you know, they fucked up. And, of course, I will be a sheep and try out the MMA game when it comes out because, you know, uh, you know you want to fight as or You want to fight as some of these other guys that aren't in the UFC. You know, shit happens. Moving into, I want to talk about Strike Force, which has their uh pay-per-view no not pay-per-view it's on showtime on august 15th uh you're gonna see gina carano fight chris cyborg santos for the strike force women's championship um i don't have the rest of the card in front of me i apologize to the other fighters for not being able to go into their fights but uh carano and cyborg both had um open workouts at madison square garden earlier this week i was really pissed off that i couldn't go possibly get an interview, try and get some press for the show. Hey, I'm sorry. Shit happens. You know, I got a real job, so blows. Nonetheless, um, it's really cool that the women are going to take it five rounds. They're going to fight for a belt for once. Um, The only thing that a lot of people are concerned about is Gina Carano's weight. You know, they got to come in, I believe it's at 145. You know, Gina seems to have had weight issues before, so... In reference to that, I think that, you know, if she comes in dialed in, she should do fine. Um, I can't pick uh, a winner between either one of them. I can't just because they both have their, their, their good points and their bad points. Uh, Gina Carano right now is being trained uh, with by Randy Couture. He's actually going to corner her for the fight. So, you know, he, she gets a, a wealth of experience out of the natural uh Chris Cyborg Santos comes out of the Shooter Box Academy. She is a fucking machine. She fights, honestly, like a female Vandalay Silva. She goes in there to bell rings. She's just an animal. Just beats the fuck out of people. If you get a chance, look her up online, uh, Chris Cyborg Santos. Look her up on YouTube. You could see her last fight where she just dominated this one chick. Um, Only problem was, a lot of people were bitching because she came in heavy. She, uh... She came in, I think it was 15 pounds over, and allegedly it was because she was on the rag, you know, and she was uh, retaining water. True, Whether that's true or not, who knows, but I think that definitely the weight issues will need to be in check in order for the fight to be successful. You know, you definitely don't want it to be, you know, not as exciting because it's not for the title if either one of them don't make weight. So make sure you check that out on the 15th. Um, let me move on into some game news just because I don't want to stay on MMA too long. I know I missed a ton of shit. I'm sorry for anybody who wanted more MMA news. I'm going to try and get to you. But I um, want to definitely talk about some video game stuff. Uh, first off, I want to talk about um, Sony announcing that the uh, PlayStation camera is going to start supporting facial recognition. Supposedly... uh. Kaz Harai announced uh, yesterday during the developer conference that PlayStation 3 would support face-recognizing technology. He said, and I quote, the PlayStation Eye will apparently be able to detect gender and even the age of the face, as well as separating facial features such as eyes, nose, ears, and mouth. And even detect whether you're smiling or not. Supposedly, it'll also be able to have such advances as skeleton tracking. I think that They're really getting really crazy with with the fucking, with the motion capture shit. You know, like the Wii came out and everybody's like, oh, the Wii fucking sucks and blah, blah, blah. And nobody wants to fucking hear about shit moving. This shit blows. But, you know, of course, after you shit on something, oh, how can we make it better? So it, it was just a matter of time before the other two competitors jumped on Nintendo's dick and try and make shit better than it already was. I think, I don't use the PlayStation Eye personally, I have an Xbox uh, Vision camera, I don't use it either. I mean, it might be cool, but I'm just, I mean, I like playing the Wii, and I like, you know, the interactivity of it all. I don't even know if interactivity is a word. Fuck it. Anyway, I think the Wii kind of has it in a nice simplistic sense, which keeps things fun as well as interesting. I think that, Sony and Microsoft, they're just going to try to do too much shit. They're going to make it that, you know, you're going to be able to mocap yourself, wiping your ass and all kinds of weirdness. But, hey, you know what? More power to them. Of course, with that coming out, given that it's a pissing contest, Xbox decided that they're actually going to be allowing certain people to preview the new Xbox experience, you know, which is going to be games on demand, and it's also going to have Last.fm, Facebook, which I talked about last week, Twitter, and Zoom HD video. But a couple of updates that I complained about that did that weren't happening are going to happen. And the explanations are as follows. For Netflix, you're going to be able to have movie parties, which is exactly what I said would be fucking pivotal to Netflix. I guess Microsoft might have heard me, or maybe they just had it under their hat. But they're going to have movie parties where Xbox Live Gold members can sit together in a virtual theater with up to seven people and watch a movie, throw popcorn. I mean, I don't give a fuck about throwing virtual popcorn at anybody, but you'll be able to host a movie party with seven friends. You'll also be able to manage your Netflix queue from your Xbox without having to go into the site. You're also going to get enhanced playback, and you're going to get a better... uh, Friends information interface it'll allow you to see what your friends might be watching what their cues are I think that that is gonna be badass. I can see a lot of uh, mystery science theater shit going on especially with People you know saying hey, man. I got this fucking crazy-ass movie everybody you have a seat and you get a couple of friends together You know across the country and watch it. I think that is gonna be a game-changer Especially for community gaming. I personally like the idea because I always talk to a lot of people on live and I tell them about certain movies I got. You know, and rather than burn them a copy or lend them a DVD, I can just say, hold on a second and throw the shit on and we all watch it and laugh. Um, They're also going to open up the Avatar Marketplace. You're going to be able to get clothing for your Avatar, including branded apparel from fashion labels, who gives a shit, and, you know, Xbox 360 clothing. Like, you know, maybe you could get a Master Chief costume, supposedly. You're also going to be able to get props for your avatar, which will allow you to uh, carry around and, you know, it'll allow you to carry them around and interact with them. Look, unless you can hold a gun and shoot another avatar, I really don't give a shit about props. You know, what it, you know you can't have a prop dildo for a female avatar. You can't. You can't have a rubber love doll for your avatar. So until you can do shit like that, I don't really care. Um, you're also going to be getting awardables, which are going to open up, through games. much They actually borrowed that, I think, from PlayStation because PlayStation did that uh, with PlayStation Home and Street Fighter 4 because I remember unlocking a shirt for my dude. And of course you're going to get the Games on Demand service, which will allow you to browse and download full 360 games. And you'll be able to do it with Microsoft points, debit, or credit cards. It's also going to have manuals available for each game, which you can download and print off at xboxlive.com. And any games that you purchase off of Games On Demand are yours forever. They will be linked to your Xbox Live account so you can delete and re-download them anytime you want. They're also going to be introducing user ratings that will allow you to rate games you know, on you know, 3, 4, 5-star five, five ratings. You're going to be able to look at top-rated games. I mean, that's actually pretty cool because sometimes they put all these shit games on Xbox Live and they try to shove them down your throat. So that's definitely a cool one. They're also going to add a couple of new things to Xbox Live parties. You're going to be able to do party reconnections in case you get accidentally disconnected from your party. I'm sure that most of my people that play 1 versus 100 will love that because there are tons of times that we get kicked out of the fucking game. You're also going to be able to do one-click party invites. You're not going to need to click through 15 fucking screens to get people to play. They're also going to do some changes to the display interface. You're going to get a display discovery. Uh, When you plug in your system via HDMI, the system will be able to find the highest resolution possible for the games as well as for music and things of that nature, which you'll be able to go in and tweak as, you know, as you see fit. They also spoke about gold member veterans. You'll be able to show off, you know, how long you've been a gold member, which is pretty cool. They're going to also continue to support the Xbox Live community games, which will be renamed uh, Indie Games. You're going to have an achievement browser. They're also going to do achievement tracking. They're going to change uh, the navigation a little bit. Uh, Voice messages. There's going to be uh, a warning, finally, when you are trying to record a voice message and the voice message goes out with nothing on it. You're actually going to get a pop-up that'll tell you there's no fucking audio. Jesus Christ, how long did that fucking take? Whatever. They're also going to allow you to sort your friends list. There's going to be timestamps for certain things in the memory area. You're going to be able to update your Windows Live ID in case it expired, recover your account. You'll get subscription notifications. But other than that, I think that Microsoft is stepping in and trying trying to, you know, Switch it up a little bit. I mean, I like the Xbox Live experience as a whole. I think that this can serve to make it even more appealing for people, and it continues to fucking stomp a hole in Sony's ass, which is unfortunate. You know, I think that Sony, I want to quote one of the guys in the chat that said that PS3 should, you know, they got to take a hint in certain respects. I got a couple of people that, you know, I got one or two people that are telling me that, you know... The PS3 is great as it is. I think that we're always going to dispute which system... I mean, just PS3 and Xbox are better in terms of, you know, communication. I think, like I always say, and I'm going to stand by it until Sony improves it. The Xbox Live interface is just more user-friendly. You know, I've had a couple of people come to my house, never fucked with an Xbox in their life. They're like, wow, that's pretty cool. You could do that, and you can do this, and you can do that. And then... You know, I got some people, they come in, they look at the Sony shit, and they're like, wow, you have an apartment? And it's like, eh, I guess I guess that's kind of cool. I frankly don't give a fuck about the uh, Sony PlayStation um, apartment for your virtual self. Who gives a shit? I don't, and I'm going to continue to shit on it because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but enough shitting on them. Right now, of course, we got a lot of great games coming out, one of which is uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which is going to be, I believe, coming out on the 29th on Xbox 360, and I think a week later on the PlayStation 3. I gotta recommend this as a must-have just for anybody who likes 2D fighters. I'm gonna continue saying it. You know, it's just a a great game just from back in the day. Just yeah, it's not as in-depth as you know Street Fighter 4. It doesn't have you know, a lot of the cool shit that some of the newer fighting games have, but hey, you know, I think that, you know, bringing out a lot of these 2D fighting games and continuing to give them player versus player support online is fantastic. I think, you know, with uh, Guru, Mark of the Wolves, King of Fighters 98, you know, being able to play online against your friends is, is great, you know, and it just brings back a lot of nostalgia, I mean, for me personally. Um... Quick plug, if you want to call in, got anything to say, call in 347-324-3541. Once again, that number is 347-324-3541. If you want to talk about UFC or you even got some game stuff you want to talk about, feel free to call in. Let me know your thoughts. Now, right now, I'm kind of torn between, you know, prototype and infamous. I've talked uh, at length about this with people all over the place. Uh, both games look fantastic. I played a demo for Infamous. I wasn't sold on it. I mean, a lot of people are like, hey, man, this fucking game is the shit. I played it. I'm like, all right, it's GTA, and you shoot fucking electricity out of your ass. whoop the fucking do Prototype looks pretty cool as well. Um, don't want to go and drop 60 bucks on adventure games just because you play the shit. When you're done, there's really, for me at least, no replay value. So, if anybody wants to help a brother out and let me know which one of the two is better, I got one of my boys on the forum asking me if I'm fucking kidding. Probably because he's playing Infamous right now and there is replay value based on what he told me. So, until I play it, you know, you you got that one. You know, it does have replay value. I don't want to spoil the ending for anybody. But,. From what I played in the demo, it didn't sell me. Maybe because the demo might have been shitty. But um, I'm going to throw it in the the queue and see what's up. If anybody wants to call in and dispute which one of the two games is good, again, shameless plug, 347-324-3541. Call in, let me know what's going on. Let me know if you think that the infamous game is better than prototype, or if prototype is better than infamous, I'll gladly hear your thoughts. Because, you know, I'm torn. I mean, you know, you're dropping 60 bucks and a lot of times you get bit in the ass. You know, it's fucking horse shit. It's one of those things that's, you know, I've been bitten in the ass too many times with games, and at 60 bucks a pop, you know, it's a little bit um, you know, not as enjoyable as it was when games were 30 and 40 bucks a pop. Also, I want to actually take the time while I was talking about some fighting games and some adventure games to uh, let you know that I picked up Blaze Blue. I am playing it now. I've played it a little bit. And I have to say that in terms of graphic potential and things of that nature, it is a fantastic game, a must-have once again for fans of 2D fighters. Oh, shit, look at this. We got our first call.
0: You act like you don't know who called is.
1: <laughs> ah, what's going on, man? What's going on?
0: Man, you're talking about, which I'm not going to say one game better than the other overall, but as far as, like, which has more going for it, right off the bat, Infamous has two playthroughs at the minimum because you got to play as good as an evil. And I'm not going to just sit on that because now, I, I am... I, you,
1: you... You're fucked up. You're fucked up. <laughs> You're fucked up because you, you said you got to play it through as good and evil. <laughs> so how'd I fuck up? By saying you get to play it both ways, it's like, well, how are you playing it as evil? Unless they, you have the choice throughout the game. I don't fucking know. I haven't played it.
0: Well, yeah, they were, they're like, let's, I'll give you an example. There's a point in the game where people are trying to get out of the city and the cops are blocking a bridge. You can decide to beat the shit out of the cops and help the people get through or you can shoot at the cops from within the crowd and cause a riot. So it's like good and bad choices. And your powers change depending on whether or not you do good or bad things.
1: Oh, kind of like a wanted level in GTA.
0: Yeah, something like that. If you're good, your powers are more precise so that basically you kill bad guys and don't hit innocent people. Like Mm. there's actually a move called precision where you actually slow down time and take like a sniper aim at people. Then, and it's like, I told you you can form like a grenade out of electricity and throw it at people. When you're evil, that same grenade splits into three and just causes much more damage.
1: Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's actually pretty cool. Um, how long did it take you to finish the, the initial campaign, the first campaign?
0: Uh, uh How how I long do you think play, it would take? If you play it straight through, I'd say maybe if you – because of all the collection, tops 20 hours.
1: Oh, okay. Because well, you went back and – I'd have some problems
0: finding shit. everything.
1: Oh, so you went yeah. back and you're getting shit too.
0: Yeah. Because oh, okay. I got all the blast shards and I did all the stunts.
1: Ah, okay.
0: And That's if you bad. wait to the end of the game, the stunts are gonna be a bitch to do.
1: Ah, okay. The second right. game, I'm not
0: even I'm not even a third of the way through. I have over half the stunts already.
1: Oh, okay. Did you play Prototype at all or no?
0: I'm gonna be playing and starting next week, but I mean I. There are things that I can speak on, just basic differences between the game. Prototype has one playthrough automatically. Like of course you can play it again, but you know, you just play you play as one guy, he doesn't make any choices. He's just trying to basically find out who he is, find out well he knows who he is, but find out who did this shit to him and basically make them pay. And nice. you don't give a fuck who you hurt in the process. Because he, I mean, just from the, the previews you see him, he fucks up everybody. He kills innocent people to turn into them. He kills army people. He kills the monsters. He kills everybody.
1: Oh, I mean, I like that premise just the same. But you don't yeah. get penalized for it, which is pretty cool.
0: Nice, you man. You don't get nice. penalized. You don't get penalized and in infamous. It's just that if you're going for a certain thing, you got to stay on that track. Like, there are trophies for finishing the game as a hero and finishing finishing the game as infamous. Ah, uh, okay. The only right. thing I have on on it so far, really, is that I played the game as good. I'm playing it as evil, and evil seems like, while the powers are, are very much different, not totally, but they're different, it seems like evil was kind of tacked on because I'm doing some of the same missions that I did when when I was good, and there's shit that he does that even though he's supposed to be evil, he's still good. He's like helping people, helping paramedics clean the bad guys out of freaking hospitals and shit. And you can say, oh, yeah, he's okay. doing it for his own agenda, but he's still ultimately doing a good thing. He's making a fucking hospital open up to heal people.
1: Ah, so he's a, it's more of a gray area as opposed to being a bad guy.
0: Yeah, and again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Um...
1: Yeah, I know it's hard for you to. To go through without giving anything
0: up. I'm not gonna spoil it, but the evil playthrough seems like, for anybody who's played the game and gotten to the end, the explanation that's given, it seems like the evil playthrough is more like what somebody wanted you to do.
1: Ah, so at the end, of, at the end of the day, when you finish the good, the the good guy playthrough. You were like, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. But then the bad guy playthrough is like, eh.
0: Well, I'll save that judgment for when I get further in the game. But I think that the bad guy playthrough is going to gonna um be more like he's not so much a bad guy, but like I'm trying to think of any random com- comic book hero. Like somebody like Deadpool, somebody who really doesn't give a fuck but ultimately does the right thing.
1: Yeah, he's um, you know the the guy you love to hate, you know the the bad guy that you root for.
0: Yeah, nobody likes him, but he does ultimately the right thing.
1: While I um while I have you on here, I know um off off the show, me you and I have talked about um the UFC. Would you uh from what you've what you've seen, not even the Brock Lesnar thing, but the sport as a whole, do you um did you enjoy it You know Because I Definitely I want to get a somebody, The take of someone Who's never really seen the shit So
0: UFC would definitely be Something I could get into Because One of the big Problems with boxing Is unless you're li- Watching the really Lightweight The shit is slow As shit Thank you <laughs> The lightweights Are fun to watch Because they beat The living shit Out of each other They have the most Stamina It's like their eyes hanging out of their head and they're still going. And UFC seems like it's more like that. Because even with the heavyweights, they don't stand around and, like, stand around. They're like, they're either charging each other, they're trying to freaking break somebody's limb, or they're they're kicking the shit out of somebody. It's action. It's like, it's not even the violence that is drawing people in, it's the fact that it's faster than boxing.
1: The, the, that's, that's one thing that got me hooked on the UFC way back in the day was the fact that it's, you know, you don't got to sit through all the rigmarole of uh, 12 rounds of these two fucks dancing around. I mean, I don't want to shit on the sweet science because boxing is, you know, it's, it's, it's the, a pure form of combat. But sometimes you don't want to sit through that. I think that's one of the reasons why I can't sit through baseball. It's, the, it's like baseball with people hitting each other. It's just long and drawn out. UFC, you come in, you either get choked out or knocked out, you know.
0: But I'm glad, I'm
1: glad that you enjoyed it.
0: I mean, I like that because again, I, I haven't really gotten into. I like that it does have rules because that was that seemed to be like one of the things like it didn't really have rules. But I saw on YouTube the original Lesnar versus Nair fighting and it's like Lesnar got point, <laughs> he got a point taken off a club and him in the back of the head. Yep, like, nah, that was like, nah, fuck you. You beating the shit out of you. Cause, yeah, cause you put somebody out quick like that.
1: Yep, that's one of the things you can't knee a, you can't knee a downed opponent and no strikes to the back of the head. You also get points deducted for holding the cage. But I see a lot of dudes know how to do that on the DL, so you know they get over. But um, what next? Next time I, you know, next time we link up, I, I got a couple of just compilation DVDs. You can see some of the. Some of the early fights, and you can enjoy them shits.
0: Yeah. I got something for you, I might see you too, but again, just like Infamous, I'm not going to fucking give spoilers away.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Alright, dude. Be a, well, it won't just, be any uh,
0: freaking meat host, though. Nice. <laughs> Alright, man. I'll talk All right. to you later. Alright, man. Thanks for
1: calling in. That was my buddy Slick. He, uh, calls in from time to time, he comes in and uh, you know, sometimes I go on little tangents, he sets me straight, he gives me a a, a more grounding because sometimes my personal bias gets the better of me um, I want to just move away from video game stuff talk a little, little bit about uh, some movies and some TV of course Harry Potter comes out this week everybody's screaming in their pants
0: oh, Harry Potter, Hogwarts blah, blah.
1: you know I like Harry Potter. I've watched all the movies with the exception of the last one, I think. Yeah, the last one I didn't see. But every movie I've watched up until the last one and this one have been fantastic, very well written, uh, great special effects, awesome cast, fantastic chemistry. The only thing that that freaks me out is that people read these books, they watch the movies, and they just get so absorbed in this shit.
0: Oh my god, I love you, Harry Potter, Hogwarts,
1: blah blah blah, I can recite all the stuff. Who gives a fuck? Fuck you, fuck your magic wand, no one gives a shit. Watch the movie, don't try and live it. Enough times I've gone to comic conventions, you see people with their little Hogwarts costumes and little broomsticks and all this shit. Look, I like being a fan of something without looking like an idiot. You know, it it happens sometimes with Star Wars. I love the Star Wars movies. I love the franchise. You know, you can say all the first three movies, you know, from the new trilogy were shit. Whatever. I just like the movies as a whole. Sometimes I go to these shows and I got to commend the guys that come in dressed as stormtroopers. Those guys are fucking awesome. They, they, They go in deep for their craft. But, you know, they also add to the show. But the one thing I don't like is when the fat guy dresses up as Obi-Wan or you know the black dude says he's Luke Skywalker like I saw a black dude at a show that I asked him I'm like hey man are you Mace Windu and he goes nah man I'm Luke Skywalker what the fuck are you talking about you are Mace Windu nah man look I got the Luke Skywalker lightsaber and you know before anybody gets all PC, because I said black dude, I'm a minority too, and I said black dude. So if that bothers you, I'm sorry, or change the fucking station. Moving on. He, sa- he actually stood there for two or three minutes ex- telling me why he's Luke Skywalker. And then he's like, I had to take off the wig. And I'm like, okay, you took off the wig, but you're black. Luke Skywalker's not black. Put on a helmet. Be Boba Fett or something. You're not Luke Skywalker. You could be Mace Windu because he was bald without the wig on. But no, you're not Luke Skywalker. Get the fuck over it. That that shit bothers me. Same thing with Trekkies. Uh, even cosplay to an, ex- to an extent. It's like I love to be a fan. I love Street Fighter. I love everything about it. I'm not going to go out in a gi and fucking a wig unless it's Halloween. I can't as an honest human being, you know, true to myself, walk out in some of the costumes I see some of these people walk out with. Now, granted, I got to give credit where credit is due. Some people's costumes are fantastic. And that's just because either they really want to make a statement or they're just really talented. And in that respect, they should find another line of work because making, you know – a a full replica of a Master Chief costume is not going to do anything for you other than have people say it's cool. And guess what? After the show's over and you're getting on the fucking train with your Master Chief costume, everybody looks at you like, look at this dickhead in his Master Chief costume. What a douche. That's what you're going to hear when you leave the fucking convention. But enough of my little tangent. Uh, Harry Potter came out and it's making serious money right now. It's just, it's just starting off with a bang, and, you know, it's a franchise. It's one of those franchises that's, you know, just a shitload. You know, it's like, it's like a piggy bank. It's just a never-ending piggy bank for these guys. They just came out, and, you know, they, they crank out great movies, great storytelling. You know, it, it shows that when people are really passionate about a product, they can put out something good. You know, fucking Harry Potter, first day, 58.4 million dollars in its first day of release. That's the second biggest opening behind Transformers, which earned sixty two million. But of course the Dark Knight opened on a Friday, not a, a Wednesday, and they still have the highest opening of sixty seven point two. Now, people are gonna say, Oh, you know, but but the Dark Knight was a different kind of movie. That's why it made sixty seven point two million dollars now. You know, Or Motion Picture Association could come out and be like, oh, people have downloaded movies and we're not making any money. No, you're all full of shit. The fact of the matter is that if a movie is good, it has a good story, uh, fantastic action, or just a great, well-written plot, whether you buy bootlegs or you download movies or any of that shit, you're still going to go see it. I could tell you right now, if somebody came to me and said, hey, I got a bootleg of Transformers. You want to see it? I'd sit down and watch it with them, but I'd still go and buy the movie. You know, go buy a ticket and, and see the movie because when you when you care about certain things, you know, you support them where, where, where in whatever shape, way, or form possible. You know, it's the same thing with people that go and they buy, you know, bootleg video games. It's like, you know, if you're just buying bootleg video games for the sake of buying them, you know, you're an asshole because, you know, somebody needs to make money. So, you know support support the movies wherever you can you know keep keep going out there and proving people wrong because look Harry Potter went in and made 50 58.4 million dollars that's a lot of young kids and a lot of soccer moms and a lot of uh goth kids going in there watching this shit i'm not going to watch it because i you know i as great as of a movie as it is i personally don't see myself Parting with my money To go see Harry Potter in the theater I'll watch it on DVD I'll probably buy the shit on Blu-ray But I can't see myself sitting there On Transformers Yeah, I went and bought a ticket And I watched that shit I watched the fuck out of that movie Same thing with The Dark Knight I went to see that On principle I didn't I could have gone in there And it could have been just Faggotry It could have been shit And I would have still gone to see it Because I'm a comic book fan That's what I do Now of course, the more trailers I watch for G.I. Joe, the more concerned I get. That, that's what's happening. The more I watch it, I, I want to go to see the movie. I do. And I want to go in and enjoy it and, you know, get the most for my money. But there's just some shit that I just can't get past. Like, I was in Target earlier today. And, of course, I got the big G.I. Joe movie display. And I'm looking and they put, you know, little versions of the movie toys, you know, on G.I. Joe size. You know, the little, I think they're three inches. So I'm looking at them and I'm like, all right, Snake Eyes looks cool. Scarlet looks cool. The Baroness looks cool. Destro, eh. He's, he's got like a, he looks like a Nazi guy with a really bad helmet on. And, um, you know, I'm looking at all the toys. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Zartan looked pretty cool. And... Then I come across an action figure of Cobra Commander. I don't want to get in too much detail because I don't want to ruin it for anybody that wants to see the movie. But when I saw that toy, I really just wanted to burn my eyes out for the fact that I looked at something so ridiculously awful. That I'm like, if this shit's in the fucking movie, I may just have to throw my soda at the screen. Because
0: it, 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 it it's
1: nowhere it does not capture the essence of the bad guy in any shape way, or form. I can understand taking liberties, you know, the little exo suits that you're giving the GI Joes. Oh,
0: they'll make you run faster. And blah,
1: that's fantastic. That's fine. I can I can get past that. I can get past one of the Wane's brothers. Get past that too. I can even get past fucking the dude from step up playing duke i could even let that slide cobra commander is an iconic bad guy any kid that grew up in the 80s knows who cobra commander is and had a toy of him in some shape way or form of whatever incarnation he came in whether it was klu klux klan cobra commander with the fucking with the blanket over his head or the when he had the air like the fighter pilot mask or when he had the uh the the faceless, reflective dome mask. You know, awesome. You know, and they could have taken any of those costumes, any of them, any of them, and used it in this movie. Instead, they made the equivalent of a colostomy bag on someone's face. It's like, I'm going to shit in this bag, and I'm going to put it on my head, and I'm Cobra Commander. That's what that shit is. So that kind of skewed my wanting to see this movie. So at at about a month ago, I was at 90% sure and 90% excited to go see it. Now, eh, 50%. I'm thinking even matinee 550, just because if I'm disappointed, I can, I can always say I spent five bucks. Now, I don't really talk about too much TV, but I want to actually take the opportunity to talk about a couple shows that I got to check out. I actually started watching Nurse Jackie on Showtime. Uh, Edie Falco was in it. Um, pretty much, Edie Falco plays a nurse. I, of course, obviously, Nurse Jackie. And um, she works in an ER in New York City. And she's not your average nurse. She does a lot of shit she shouldn't do. She, uh... Have sex with the pharmacist every day at 12 o'clock so that she can get Vicodins and Percocets and shit off the dude. Mind you, she's married and she's got kids. Um, and, you know, a lot of the stories are very, very realistic in terms of how they come in. You know, there was one episode where a young lady got brought in. Uh, she was an escort. She got sliced up by this dude. He was a diplomat. And, you know, he cut her up real bad and whatever. So, you know, Nurse Jackie went to see the diplomat, and he's like a real rude prick. And the girl had, um, in the struggle, cut off the diplomatic guy's ear. So Nurse Jackie, in a, you know, in, a, in, a, in a form of sweet revenge, took the guy's ear and flushed it down the toilet. So obviously, that shit ain't getting reattached. The minute I saw that, I thought that was fan-fucking-tastic. Right up there with grinding down Percocet and Vicodin and putting it in sugar packets and her putting it in her coffee. Made my day. If you get a chance, definitely check it out. They give it Mondays. I believe it's at 1030 on Showtime. It's, It's fantastic. There's a lot of funny shit. And it just goes to show that some shows really represent New York well because I've gone into enough emergency rooms and I'm more than sure they all have a Nurse Jackie of some sort. I've also been watching True Blood. Uh, When I watched the first season, I was kind of torn as to how good it might be, but I actually am enjoying the second season a whole lot. And, you know, definitely check that out on HBO. Uh, Last three minutes left of the show, wow, 60 minutes flies by really quick. Uh, If you want to take the opportunity and call in, voice any of your thoughts on anything relating to games, MMA, movies, just or just to shoot the shit, feel free to call in 347-324-3541. I think I've covered most of the topics. I just wanted to uh, take the opportunity and um, thank uh, Kevin at videogamenewsradio.com for helping me out, getting into the podcasting business. I also want to thank Thank him and the rest of the guys for letting me guest on their shows. I am also a guest on Cleveland Sports Radio. You can check them out at clevelandsportsradio.net. You can also check out Video Game News Radio at vgnradio.com. Both shows are on iTunes. Um, definitely listen. They're great. If you like the bullshit that I talk about any of these shows, definitely check them out. They, uh, they Same thing, Blue Collar, Fresh Take. Uh, unbiased and you know, they they really appreciate their fans and you know, they, they respond to emails, they put stuff out. Definitely check them out. I also want to give a shout out to E10 clothing, uh, startup clothing company. They're coming up uh, kind of affliction ish, but you know, just not so ridiculously faggy looking. Definitely check them out. E10 clothing.com. You can probably find them on Google and um before we head out, I actually wanted to start doing a question of the week. Uh, this week's question, you can respond to MTRhost at gmail.com, and the question of the week is: With all the summer movies coming out and all the summer games, you know, based on these movies, which game, thus far, based on a movie, do you feel has been the best representation? If you feel that, um, you know, the Wolverine game was as close to movie accuracy as you can get, by all means, share it. Same thing if it's Spider-Man or any other of the movies that have come out of recently, I'd say within the last year. I mean, you can answer it any way you like. Feel free to share your opinion, host at gmail.com. With that in mind, I just wanted to thank uh, Slick for calling in. And I just want to say thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Peace.